Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Dr. P. Morning, sir. What's happening? Wish I knew. (laughs) (laughs) You just have a list of these things in a book. (laughs) So I kind of feel like you do. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Um, I've had you on another show, but I wanted to get you on this one. Uh, Some more relevant topics to our audience of people trying to figure shit out. (laughs) And uh, you got it all figured out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just, you know. Everything I say is golden. <laughs> yes, uh, it is to me. Um, well, for those uh, who don't know, Dr. Scott Pageant, um, in a previous life, not so long ago, I used to produce uh, conferences. And this man did all of the music at like most of them. <laughs> for a couple years stretch, you did everything. Up and down the East Coast. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll never forget being introduced to you. Uh, the ladies of uh, Flock and Rally, we had hired a company to help help me pr- kind of take them to the next level because, um, you know, there's only so much that this brain can do. <laughs> um, it's a pretty low bar, but they helped. They helped. And one of the things they said was, you, got, you have to go and talk to Dr. P. I said, cool, and emailed or texted, and then you showed up, and I said, what in the hell? <laughs> What in the hell are we doing? It's unhoused. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? I just trusted them, and I trusted you, and um, it was awesome. It was legendary. We had a big time. Yeah, it's fun. But that's not why you're here. Um, I wanted to get you on the show. We had briefly chatted before about lots of things, um, and I'll link that other show up because there's some some good conversation in there too. But I wanted to get you on this one because you brought up the twelve steps. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of it is related to a lot of the other things we talk about and, you know, some things you've gone through your life. So let's start there. Let's start. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. What, what about it? I mean, how did you even get how did you get to the 12 steps? Like, why is that even a thing for you? Um, because I was powerless over drugs and alcohol. Damn. And uh, for some reason. I didn't remember anybody ever giving me any coping skills growing up mm. from the, my youngest age. It was like, you know, be a man. Yeah. Get through this. You're a good, strong hillbilly from Western North Carolina. <laughs> you know, your willpower will get you through anything. Right. Just man up. And, uh, you know, wasn't a whole lot in there about uh, getting a mortgage uh, or anything else that I was going to mm-hmm. face in life. So, Early on, I had all these voices in my head about uh, being lesser than and, uh, you know, conditional love at home from your parents. Like, And so this thing in that uh, rubbery brain of a young child, I yeah. figured out that, you know, in order for you to love me and take care of me, I was going to have to do exactly what you wanted me to do and be whoever you wanted me to be. Hmm. And that kind of stuck with me. And then when I got old enough to start drinking those voices went away and wow. that was the coping skill that I had for a lot of years was anytime there was a problem, I just, you know, drink or use or right. whatever you had handy. And as uh, long as you made good grades, my folks didn't give a toot about hmm. whatever else was going on because, you know, doesn't seem to be affecting him. <laughs> well, yeah. And so kind of makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, if, yeah, I'll, I, and I went with the same thing with my first kid too. And so, uh, well, we learn by experiencing, we learn by watching. Exactly. We yeah. don't come with instruction books. No. And, um, so I went through a whole lot of business and a whole lot of, uh, life just using those same old coping mechanisms that I had. And, um, finally one day it quits working. 
Mm. You know, we say that the uh, cucumber turns into a pickle <laughs> and, and you can't go back again. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's very hard to turn. People hear this into- and they think, you know, it's a disease. Well, you know, if you pour an organic solvent into your bloodstream every day or regularly for over a span of time, mm. it's going to affect your brain. Right. And it affects your reward center. Mm. And, you know, I, one thing I will say is I'm not smarter than anybody else, but I have been exposed to a whole lot of material on this that uh, most people haven't been because I think anybody with any kind of disease or condition is going to research it some. And once you do that over a span of years, it changes the biochemistry in your brain. It just makes sense, you know, because right. if I pour ethyl alcohol onto a pair of rubber sneakers, it melts it. And right. so there's right. probably, or they put it in gasoline, you know, 10% ethanol. Mm-hmm. And so it did something. And then mm-hmm. after a while, um, it got to where it didn't work anymore. There wasn't that same feeling that you had for the, when you were first starting to use it. It's like, I always say anybody over 40 that uses the word party as a verb is probably an alcoholic. And so, <laughs> um, I didn't have, you know, those uh, coping mechanisms that I had had for all those years. They're not there anymore. And I needed, and I couldn't do anything about it. And so um, I got forced into treatment. I didn't want to go. And I got forced into uh, AA, which was the one that the court sent me to. It could have been any other A. And, um, uh, they said, you got to do this, 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 and this to stay out of jail. Mm. And I didn't want to go to big boy jail. Right. And so I started going and, um, met another guy there who was in the medical field and he turned out to be sicker than I was. And he had had, he had been straight and sober for a while and we got to be pals. And, uh, you know, like I said to him, the first time he said, well, how are you spiritually? And I said, well, I think I'm an agnostic. I'm too big a pussy to be an atheist. And, <laughs> and he said, how's that working out for you? <laughs> Here you are on the brink of prison. Yeah. And you can't quit drinking and you can't quit using. So how's that working out? Mm. And that was like one of those duh moments, you know, that, uh, that I'd never had in life before. And so they presented me with suggestions and that was another thing about it that, you know, nothing was told that I had to do it this way. Right. And so, uh, it turned into, um, you know, over a span of years because it took a whole lot of years to get this screwed up. So it's going right. to take a little bit of time to get unscrewed. Right. Doesn't. Yeah. Let alone realize that I'm not going to stay unscrewed unless I keep doing the things that are suggested. to me. And so, that's how I fell into the 12 steps. So, yeah. So it's a com- continual process. Yep. This is not something you just do once. No. Uh, well, you know, when I first, when, it, when I first started in uh, recovery, I just wanted the pain to go away. Right. Just, right. I didn't put any condition on it at all. Right. It was just somebody, please get these people off my ass yeah. and make this awful psychic pain that I'm in go away and I could go and talk to these people. And I mean, there's 400 meetings of some kind of recovery in the Midlands every day. Really? And so, you know, it was someplace that I could go and at least hide for an hour at a time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if I was lucky, maybe even pick up something here or there, but yeah, for a long time, it was just, please just, you know, four walls to keep the world at bay for a long time. Right. Hmm. So at what point did you realize that it's not, because I mean, I'm, we'll get into each of the steps because I would really like to do that and go through each one of them. Um, but I always thought it was just like a, like I got, I started one and I worked at 12 and then like, yep. Good. Then, Daddy buys me a new car. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my poor old dad. After I did, after I'd been sober for a year, he bought me a turd brown bravada mm. because I was cured. And so, okay, it was like, and I was like, well, I wish it worked that way, but I'll sure take the car. <laughs> I'll take the car. Yeah. Well, how old were you? Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yeah. 
and had a good 30 year run, 31 year run. I mean, it was fun for a long time. Yeah. I was just saying the other day that, uh, there were a lot of years there where it was a lot of fun. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, alcohol wasn't the problem. It was the solution. Right. And it stayed that way for a long time and then drugs too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially when we came up, like we had talked about before mm -hmm. when they were having Bonnie Wright was having a, a national organization for the remote reform of cocaine laws at concerts in, in LA. I mean, you just, nobody knew. Yeah. And so we just kept on going. Right. And, um, after a while, uh, you start seeing folks your age start kind of falling by the wayside and it's like, Oh, what's up with that? Because everybody that I hung out with was basically using the way I was because okay. all those guys who had gotten married and were raising kids and going to church were all just a bunch of pussies who couldn't take it. You know, that's how we look right. at them. They're, just, they're right. just suckers gotcha. who bought into it because you're going to rationalize your way of going about things somehow to yourself. And the thought of being a better person never even entered into it. Right. So why should I be a better person? It's you people with the problem. Hmm. So is that part of it? Yeah. Just ex acceptance, like, accepting that it's you. Yeah. Accepting that it's you. There's one of these old, uh, and by the way, I'm not here on any kind of AA auspices or NA auspices or anything like that. It's just, you know, we're talking about what the, what the organizations presented as the 12 steps and what yeah. they did for me. And yeah, I mean, the, one of the things that they, I, I keep, I kept hearing over and over and I still hear to this day was when I'm disturbed or something wrong. When I'm disturbed at something you're doing is something wrong with me. See, I never, right. I never right. looked at anger and resentment as being a choice. Okay. It was like, it, it was, it dawned on me one day that I didn't have to be angry. I just thought anger was a, you know, a, the fifth primary emotion. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it's like, well, you choose to be angry. I'm like, no, you're full of shit. What do you mean? Choose to be angry. He pissed me off. Right. And then, right. You don't have to react to it. <laughs> no, it is the damnedest thing. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those tools that once you get the, well, do you ever get the hang of it? No, no, but no, you no. recognize it. Yes. And I mean, I still get, everybody still gets pissed off. Of course. Of course. You wouldn't be a human being if you no. didn't get mad at things. No. I mean, that's, that's your God given right to get mad. Right. And so, um, it's just recognizing it for what it is, which is basically I'm using up a, a whole lot of stress chemicals that are probably taking time off the end of my life. And what good's it doing me? Right. <laughs> Look at it right. from a, a medical reason. And right. so, yeah, it's the acceptance of life on life's terms. To, I mean, yeah, the, the people get pissed because there's a whole lot of bumper stickers in the program. And the reason <laughs> and the reason there's a whole lot of bumper stickers is because sure. <laughs> we don't have the capacity to think very much when we first come in. Right. Yeah. You've got a lot of work to do when you I imagine when you first come in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the. They didn't program the red lights just to stop you at every one of them. <laughs> and and, you know? and road rage is still the primary thing that you'll hear about every day from people is like, you know, well, what you did to me. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's a great example, though, I think, of not accepting, not dealing with your own. That, that you're the origin of most of the problems. Yep. And, you know, the whole thing with uh, anger and and uh resentment 99 percent of it comes from some kind at least for me comes from some kind of self-centered fear i've got that you know mm -hmm. somehow this situation i'm not going to get what i want or what i need or what i deserve uh, i was watching the clint eastwood movie the unforgiven the other night and mm -hmm. and gene hackman said deserves got nothing to do with it yeah and I was like, well, there you go yeah. that's a great movie it really is yeah that one yeah, I imagine um, as far as this stuff's concerned, that one probably speaks to you a little bit. I mean, I mean, it does me from that perspective. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, because um, they talk about alcohol abuse a lot and mm -hmm. how he, he he goes back to it to and be able to do his business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always 
wish there'd be a prequel to it where the yeah no. i want to see all the hell races <laughs> yeah i want to see what he did to, get <laughs> yeah. to where he was killing women and children you know so that was bragging Holy about crap that i know pretty rough well uh okay so let's let's get into these okay. so you um so i didn't know that it sounds like you were you were forced into it yeah yeah <laughs> if well, I mean, that's, I imagine most people are, are pushed into this. Yeah, thing. I mean, nobody's on top of their game when they go in. I yeah, mean, you're not going to be not, like, I think I need I, to do yeah, this. I th they seem like really good people. <laughs> Something bad has to happen. Yeah, and so, um, and that's what's so strange about it and what people on the outside, you know, that still get angry about is after all these years, if you go to a treatment center, you pay your $30,000, and uh, you go right back to and it. you pay your thirty thousand dollars, and when you leave, when your insurance runs out, they hand you an AA big book and say, "Now go to work." Now go to a meeting, <laughs> and it's like, "Well, thank you for the for thank you for the thirty thousand dollar big <laughs> book." And that's yeah. still the best. You know, there's other ways just to get sober. I understand it's just the way I got sober, but yeah. still, being around a lot of treatment centers in the last twenty three years and seeing how this stuff works, it's still you know, there's not a pill out there that'll do it. It's right. just, to me, it's just switching addictions. And, um, you know, if there was, I'd sure be the first one in line. Mm. But the thing about it is, is there a pill out there that's going to make me realize that I'm the problem? That, you know, acceptance is the key. That right. when I'm disturbed, is something wrong with me. Mm. I mean, those are the kind of lessons that I don't think I'm going to get from any kind of quick cure. No, like I keep saying over and over, it took a long time to get this fucked up. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, the the steps are free. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like it's like I tell people, fitness, like fitness is free. Right. You go walk and not eat everything. I mean, it's, it's you and, know, but it's still it's not that simple. No, and you're the one that's got to decide. I mean, nobody's gonna mm -hmm. if. if it's a program for those who want it, not for those who need it. Yeah. I mean, if I always use Don Draper as my example, if you're doing what Don Draper used to do on Mad Men, if you're putting a line on the bottle every day and saying, I'm not going past that line, or if you're switching your different kinds of alcohol to try and drink, or you're limiting yourself to two beers, but you're buying two forties, um, you know, if you're trying to control your drinking and you can't control your drinking, you might have a problem. And I'm not saying you're an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm just saying you might have a problem. You could right. do like me the way I did that. I just switched addictions. Mm. I'd quit drinking and go to some other drug and let my liver quit pulsating. And I could do that for years at a time as long as I had a supply. Right. And then I'd always end up back at alcohol because of availability. Right. If I'd been an anesthesiologist, I'd be dead mm. just because that's the kind of crap that's available. Right. And so, yeah, the, the first step being I'm powerless over alcohol. I'm powerless over gambling. I'm powerless over porn. I mean, I'm powerless over anything that's harmful to me and my family and harmful to my way of, of my professional life, all that kind of stuff. But you're the one that's got to decide it unless you're like me and you break enough laws to where somebody says, you're going to have to give this a shot. Well, that's that one. I haven't gone through all of them, but this seems really hard. I mean, how do you how do you recognize that whatever you're in is not manageable? How do you recognize that you're powerless? I mean, if you're trying to control it and can't control it, okay, that seems like it takes somebody else to be like, bro. <laughs> and, and, well, you, they've probably told you before, long before right. you've gotcha. come to the realization. Gotcha. But if you're sitting there in front of uh, on Sunday afternoon with a handle of vodka on the coffee table with the stopper pulled out and because it makes it go down a whole lot quicker. Right. And you're sitting there going, I'm not going to drink today. And you still drink. And you still do it. You got, you know, yeah. Cause that was me. I was like, you know, but I, it's gotta be something wrong. I'm just, I don't have enough willpower, which has nothing to do with it. My brain chemistry has been changed by now, or it's genetics. I mean, we all know alcoholism, drug addiction, running families. Yes, you absolutely. Be, you become predisposed to it. Now, I've got a grandmother on the side of the family where we've got alcoholism, 
but she never took a drink. She was a teetotaler all her life, so who knows? Mm. You know, and I, I think if it skips generation, hell, it's probably kind of like male-type baldness. I don't know. Yeah. You know it's, just, <laughs> it's just all genetic, but if you're predisposed right. to it and yeah, you go and prime the pump, so to speak, yeah, some people's brains change a lot quicker than others. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, genetically speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... The second half of the first step is that your uh, life has become unmanageable. And that's another one that you've kind of got to be the judge of it yourself. I mean, if you're calling and work on every Monday because you're hungover from the weekend, or if you're getting trouble in work, or it's like one guy said, you know, uh, uh, every time I drank, I didn't get in trouble, but every time I got in trouble, I was drinking. Mm. And, you know, mm. and I've got this awful allergy to where, Every time I drink too much, I break out in handcuffs. I mean, there's <laughs> there's all these got these folks around that have got yeah. you know, which it, it's it going might, pretty far, and it makes total sense when you yeah. hear it. It's like you know, especially yeah. the thing with trouble, right? I mean, I'll never forget. I was coming out of Rockefellers one night, and I had this great, just wonderful car. It was a nineteen. 19- 85 Pontiac Parisian, one of those big long jobs with the trunk that would hold about four sets of golf clubs and three bodies. I was going to say four or five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Chrome all up and down the side. And so uh, I would park that thing every night in one specific spot and I parked it and uh, came out one night just lit. Still had my suit on from work. I get into the car, stick the key in. Turn the key, it won't turn. And then I look in the mirror and two sets of eyes pop up in the back. And I'm I'm sitting in front of the mini mart in five points. Mm -hmm. And a woman comes screaming out of the mini mart. And the kids start screaming, Mama, Mama, this man's trying to steal us. I'd gotten in the wrong damn car. Shit. And she had the guy in the 7 Eleven call the police. And so here I am, I'm fixing to get arrested for attempted kidnapping right oh when all i am is overserved. yeah i mean right it's right one of those situations that, that was not my first intent <laughs> no i didn't come out to steal <laughs> them not i don't want you <laughs> no but after you get a lot of those start piling up yeah. you think well you know maybe my life is unmanageable right and so yeah and of course you don't realize any of that that's got anything to do with your drinking just going to rationalize all that away right right it's because of these other things yeah why i was even in that position exactly and and what's what's her problem yeah i calm just down got, i'm I got a nice guy guard. right <laughs> all right uh number two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity that's the one people get hooked on because they think that p's got a capital p to it and yeah it's it's not god as I understand, it's not God as anybody understands him. It's a higher power as you understand it. It has nothing. Sure. It has right. nothing to do with religion. Right. I mean, I'm from a place. Yeah, of, it doesn't have to be Jesus. No. It could be whatever. It doesn't have to be big G God. I mean, yeah. I was from, I'm from a little town in Western North Carolina where you grew up scared to death of God. Right. Because he was the one that could send you to hell. Yeah. And so after a while, you start figuring out, well, if I'm, if I'm sinning and he's going to send me to hell for sinning, but nobody's free of sin, he said, Jesus, I'm screwed. So I might as well just go on and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that, and that has nothing to do with being a power greater than ourselves. This one, you know, is the one that people get hung up on because they just want to get hung up on the God thing. And it's not the God thing at all. Right. For I, I can't tell you how many people I know that, that the higher power is their home group, their meeting, because when I came into whatever anonymous, I couldn't quit drinking. Mm. And now that I'm in here and I'm coming to the easy meetings and I'm doing the things y'all suggest me to do, I, I stopped drinking and I stayed stopped drinking. Yeah. And so you can have any higher power you want. You just got to come up with one mm-hmm. because you can't quit drinking. Right. Or you can't quit using, or you can't quit pulling up porn on your, on, on your computer. It's just, I'm powerless over this and I can't stop it with willpower. It's like I told you once before, it's like if I've got explosive diarrhea, 
try using willpower to stop that. That's basically, <laughs> you know, it's not going to work out too well. No, it's like you know, everybody <laughs> that willpower conquers all. No, it doesn't. No. And so it's, it's the same with trying to right. stop this crap right. on your own. You know, by now you haven't been able to stop on your own. Yeah. And nobody's going to tell you that. Right. You You're figure, at number two. You, you got to figure it out for yourself. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's more about just help. Yep. It's, you, you, you know, you're going to, you need to turning it over to something. Yeah. And you may not right. even know what at the time, right. but just, you know, it's what I tell people is the only thing I've got figured out is if there is God, I know I'm not him. Yeah. And that was a big revelation to me. Well, number three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Right. It's over to the care of God. It's over to the care of being a good person, doing yeah. the next right thing. I think, and people get hung up on this. I mean, look at Well, it's got capital G in there. Yeah. And it was written in 1938. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's context yeah, set that up. Yes. Yeah. A little context. The 12 steps were uh, created a very long time ago. And it's and and the but we, we use them all like i mean it's still in practice right they haven't changed them no and if you go if if you start trying to work the things if you try to start putting them in place in your life then you understand that you can you're turning your life it over to the care of whatever it's your god it's your higher power yeah nobody's telling you the only reason we meet in churches is because it's the only place that'll have us for free <laughs> right I mean, right you know, i know the preachers at the methodist churches they get like extra points for having aa in their church <laughs> they get know, extra like, wings <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean that's kind of why they're there yeah <laughs> or theoretically you would, to, to do yeah. good and it's uh, you know and if I had my way, I'd probably change the things around, but you got an organization right. that's run by a bunch of people on a volunteer basis who don't know each other's last names. Right. Try and run a right. worldwide organization like that. Yeah. And before I forget, I want, um, the anonymity part, people think it's out of shame. The anonymity part that I found out early on is because we're all equal when we walk through that door. And that's the reason we're anonymous. It's not because, well, you know, some people want to be anonymous because they don't want people to find out. I mean, I used to get so screwed up at St. Patrick's Day in five points and get on a microphone down there. People already knew how screwed up I was, <laughs> so I didn't care. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the anonymity piece of it is just, it's a, it's a humility thing. It's like you got the, literally, you've got a thoracic surgeon in there sitting next to a landscaper. Right. And so. That's the only reason from a spiritual level that. Yeah. It's not about your profession or how much money you have in the bank. It's mm -hmm. about the problem we're dealing with. We're all on the same level. And I've known people for years and years that I still don't know their last name. Yeah. They have to give me a last initial or said, Oh, you know that the guy that, uh, da, 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 because the last name throws you off. That's cool. You ever run into anybody like at, at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. You're like, hey. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> and then uh, the funny thing is when I went to my first AA meeting, the guy that ran the door at Rockefeller's was sitting in there. And I walked down and sat down. And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> he said, saving a seat for you. Yeah. <laughs> saving a seat for you. Buddy. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> He's funny. still with us today. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, the something greater than you. Yep. It's and it's and it's of your making. Yeah. Because my will is what got me in here in the first place. Right. And so some clearly somebody, it ain't strong enough. No, yet. somebody needs to take right. care of that. Right. And that's whoever I mean, it can be another another drug addict or alcoholic. Sure, sure. If it's bad enough. Yeah. I mean, that's why the whole thing about sponsors is because we're Usually I was so sick. I needed somebody to tell me what was right from wrong and right. doing it this way or that way. Cause I was full of such shame that I'd put an ad in the state paper saying, you know, I'm sorry y'all. Right. And you just need somebody with a little bit of, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Too far. It's like, I, always, I tell people the difference between alcoholics and drug addict is an alcoholic will steal your wallet and feel really bad about it. <laughs> and a drug addict will steal your wallet and help you look for it. Help you look for it. <laughs> That's yeah. 
We weren't supposed to rank the, the problems in here, man. Um, all right, number four. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. That's the... Searching and fearless. Searching and fearless. Mm. And that's where the rubber starts meeting the road. Yeah, it looks like it. It's... Uh, How does one make a moral inventory of themselves? Sit down and write down, start writing down everything you think is a character defect of yours, like pride, mm. ego, vanity, patience. I mean, you can get as minuscule as you want to with the stuff and then give examples of it mm. and, and how that's played a, a bad part in your life. And then later on, you're going to put in there who that's affected. Okay. And how it affected them. So it's a, it's a, you know, the fearless part's the part that'll catch you because everybody thinks, oh, I can do a moral inventory of myself. And, you know, sure. Like, if I'm not serious about it, though, yeah, I, can I, I took do my neighbor's, took my neighbor's paper out of the, out of his driveway or something right. like that. But that's, right. it's all about character defects. Yeah. Mm. That we love to hold on to because, you know, there's nothing like that self righteous indignation. I just, that's my favorite one is that, you know, I'm, God, Trump has pissed me off so bad today. Right. And then can right. you believe these people keep acting like this or these people, you know, or can you believe this guy did that? And it's yeah. just me trying to make myself seem smarter to myself or raise myself above somebody right. else. Right. And then, it, you know, just having it to admit that's kind of stuff. And, but it, it still feels good. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've talked about not you and I, but on another episode and we, we talked about, um, now I can't remember what the hell we called it. There was a name for it. It's um, this moral moral indignation. Moral indignation, but it's more like um, when you're actually right. Mm -hmm. Like so, like take a like somebody sideswipes you in traffic. Right. Like if you're gonna road rage, somebody sideswipes you in traffic. You you're kind of validated. Yeah. Right. You can do that. Right. You can get mad as fuck and like smash your car and all kinds of stuff. But should you? You know what I mean? Like you're you're right. Like if somebody breaks into your house, mm -hmm. you you can shoot them. Yeah, but should you? <laughs> and you know, like that's the thing. That's that's the thing. And it's the it's the you know it's the it's the question of life. It's it's existential mm -hmm. because um, if you can remove the rage from it, I mean, there's assholes in the world. Absolutely, uh, they're. They're real. Oh, they're real and they're yep. out there and there's evil in the world. Yep. And it's, but it's my reaction to it. And the piece of it for people who have a problem with drugs and alcohol is the way we handle it. Right. That moral outrage and that indignation, right. because if I, I know how I used to handle it, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just get so morally indignant over the way I thought I was being treated because the world wouldn't behave the way it right. wanted to. So I just crawl inside of a bag or crawl inside of a bottle. Yeah. And that's the thing that people yep. that work in the steps are trying to avoid is going back to that, what they call stinking thinking mm -hmm. and going back to that old way of thinking and mm. going back to the way we used to medicate it. Yeah. Now the only thing we've got left because I'm 100% sure I have used up all my chemical answers to worldly problems. I mean, I'm going to have to deal with it just as, <laughs> as a person. Well, if, and so the only way to do that is to recognize it and then have some kind of tool to, yeah, to, if, you know, if not, if not get rid of it, at least to make it smaller. Right. It's like, it, it's, you know, I, when I first came in, they talk about all these tools that people have, you know, this, this program will give you tools to help with life. I, I, I didn't know you were going to tell me to build a log cabin. <laughs> you were just going to give me a rubber hammer. <laughs> I mean, right. 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 Yeah. I can see that. Uh, searching and fearless. I like that searching and fearless. Um, yep. Number five admitted to God, mm -hmm. another capital G to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Right. So that seems like a, a the hard part. A lot of people do that if, if they're in long-term treatment, like 90 days or more, they'll end up doing that with somebody in treatment where you have done number four, you've, get, you've recognized all your character defects and written them down and how they've affected other people. 
And then you basically go through your life and all the shitty things that you've done. Yeah. And you take it number four and build it upon that and you confess it. Yeah. Catholic church is right about one thing. Yes. I, I would have to give them that. Confession is good for the soul. Yeah. It really is. It, it gets it off your chest and also it just gets it out there and there's somebody else that you're telling if it's a sponsor and the whole thing with sponsors. I mean, my sponsors, you know, like I said, he's a medical guy. He's only, he's got five more years of sobriety than I do, but he's somebody who's got a perspective on my crap. Right. Yeah. He's not just going to pass judgment. No, he's just going to sit there. And I, I've, yeah. You sit there and going, you know, I, my wife has done this, 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 and this today. My ex-wife has done this, this, <laughs> this, and this today. And he'll sit <laughs> like this wasn't that long ago. And, <laughs> and he says, man, XYs are hell, aren't they? And I'm like, oh, God darn. You're supposed to buy into my indignation here. Right. He's not having and it. tell me how she's really screwed right. me again. He's not having it. <laughs> no. He knows where you're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. You're not going to get that from somebody that hasn't had the same experiences. They're just going to do their own thing. Yep. Now that one, um, I firmly believe that what you put out into the universe becomes reality. I, you know, we teach on this show, we teach the other, other side of that's like, that's sort of like looking back, mm -hmm. right? That's like putting, like understanding what it is, putting it out in the universe that I've done these things mm -hmm. and that helps you sort of accept it right mm -hmm. we we teach um using it in the future tense like if there's something i want to achieve it's this it works the same way like putting it out in the universe telling other people you know simple shit. like yeah. i want to run a 5k well if i don't no one knows you know like i probably will never actually do it you know it's like i'll just me whatever and i imagine it's the same way with this like if nobody knows then you're just going to keep doing it. Yep. It's going to stay by. And it's also just going to stay bottled up in there. Yeah. And it's not, and you know, it's, it's like rocks in your backpack. Right. It just weighs you down <laughs> because like I said, I love the, it. One of those old, one of those old character defects I had as a child was I'm not, I don't measure up. Yeah. And as long as I keep doing those, I've got this awful baggage that I keep carrying around. I'm going to keep thinking that I'm just a bad person. Yeah. And I'm not a bad person. You know, I'm just a sick person trying to get well. I'm working on the steps. Yeah. Damn, it. <laughs> damn it. Shit, I'm only on <laughs> five, but come on. Yeah, but <laughs> the, the um, one through eight are the, or one through nine are the hard ones. Yeah. Uh, because it's hard to tell another human being. And then when you get to telling the other human being, it usually, if you're using, if it's somebody else that's in our, in a program, they've usually done stuff. Right. that's just as crazy as what you think you, right. is what you've done. And so you actually come out of there feeling a whole lot better. Wasn't that the case? Yeah. Isn't that oh. the case with most things? Yeah. I mean, that's basically therapy. Yeah. When the, you know, you go, oh, I'm so fucked up. And then you talk to the therapist and they're like, look, bro, <laughs> you should see some of the people I talked to. And you're like, well, I'm not so bad. Exactly. <laughs> but it, and it's what you just said about putting it out in the universe. That's my wife's, my present wife. That I love dearly. That that's her whole philosophy is yeah. that, you know, there's a, there's a force out there and you just yeah keep on putting it out there. And, you know, there, yes. there's, uh, mm -hmm. it all turns to good eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's meant to be yeah. you, the first step is to just, Talk about the damn thing. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So number six, we are entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Yeah. That's that one. Of... I was reading to these, like I'm having a hard time with that one outside of the context of, you know, God with the capital G. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like a drop the rock. It's kind of like being entirely ready to be free got these character defects that have gotten me through the first 47 years i mean all of my impatience all of my just down anger resentment uh all the victim i'm such a victim you know the, my self-victimization all those character defects yeah. i'm ready to move on ready to turn them over and am i really entirely ready to turn them over yeah because six and seven kind of go together yeah and the seven of humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings right. They kind of go together but i can see them how they separate the steps right I mean, and so that's what you're basically doing is like take the 
take the God out of it. You're right. just entirely ready to be free of these character defects that have really held you back and made yeah. you made you not as good a person as you could be. And then you just once you're entirely ready, just okay. Now now that you're ready, let's get rid of them. And that's where the work comes in is, and that's where the another human being guiding you through. So are, are these these steps? So they go along with you working with people, right? You've got do you do you kind of let's say you have you know twenty people in a room. I don't know how big a meeting, mm -hmm. ten people, whatever. Are there people that are just like they're literally saying, "Well, I'm holding it step seven. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like I'm it, at step seven. It takes years, and then they might be that yeah. So they might be at step, like I'm step seven for five years. Yep. I'm not ready to talk to the people that I right that I fuck with. Well, with. and also there's part of that. Or well, they won't even talk to me. I've, I'm still working on getting in touch with them. Right. Exactly. Whatever it might be. Like we've got a newcomers group that meet, and it's for people with one day to one year, and we don't do. They can't do anything but step one, to one, two, and three, it, because those are so key to getting past past that first year is that we're just going to work on steps one, two, and three. Because if you jump right into that searching and fearless yeah, inventory, you, you might not be and you don't sincere have a, about it. And you don't have a clue. Yeah, you don't have a clue how to do this thing. You barely know. How, you, you've obviously yeah. lost the ability to live your life the way you're living it. Right. And so you spend, at least in in that meeting, it's the first three steps. And then you're all, uh, I still remember Ozzy Osbourne talking about he never could get sober because he couldn't get past step four. And so... You know, it's just hmm. you hear in meetings all the time that yeah, I'm at, I'm on step seven or right. You'll hear people all the time that say I'm going through the steps again. Because sure, shit's come up. Sure, I, where I've changed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So eight and nine are related, but we'll take them one at a time. Made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Whereas nine is made direct amends. Right. With such people where wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. That's and, an important. And you, I physically made a list of all the big ones, all the major ones. Yeah. And tried to become willing to make amends to them all. To this day, there's still a few that I haven't, mm. you know, I still remember the Seinfeld episode where George thinks that a guy owes him an amend. And they found, <laughs> he, found, he owes him an apology, and he found out he'd gotten into AA, and he knew he had to go around and make amends. <laughs> and, and the guy had stolen his sweater, and that was what George wanted his apology for. So the whole episode is about George following this guy right. around. And when the guy when he confronts him, and the guy won't do it, <laughs> George is just appalled. And the guy said, "I don't know you. I don't know your apology. <laughs> that was my sweater in the first place." Right. That's. I remember that one. I also remember the um. Soup is not a meal. Like, <laughs> he, the guy gave him a suit and he kept offering to take him to lunch. And then like, uh, yeah. he would only get like soup. And he's like, it's not a meal, Jerry. It's just soup. It's just like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and I've found lately since HBO Max has come into my life that you can watch all 25 years of South Park. There's probably more, <laughs> there's more knowledge inside of Eric Cartman. If you just sit there and watch it, you know, if you just binge on it a couple of nights a week with nothing. Well, there you go. If, you, if you're looking for, uh, <laughs> this has got God, capital G. If you need a replacement, exactly. Eric Cartman Eric, can be your, Eric Cartman. He can be your, <laughs> and then the, your God metaphor. And the made direct events to all people we had harmed. And then the, you made, uh, yeah, wherever possible. And that's where you're just owning up to your part of it. That was the part that I really needed somebody to help me with because I there were there were certain situations that I didn't know that I thought I was entirely the cause of, and when I presented it to another person, saying, "Oh wow, that no man, you're not at fault here." That's you know because I I'm me I'm yeah. you know my perception is reality to me, but once you bring in a third party, they're like, "No, that wasn't your fault." You're like, but, "Shit, I've been carrying that for thirty I, years." I know. And then when you go out and do it, let the healing begin. Eighty percent of the time, you go out and make it amend to somebody. Like I, right. the ones I can think of, the people are just so. Well, I'm glad you got sober. Yeah, because they knew they knew at the time. Right. And then twenty percent of the people are going to say, "Go screw yourself." And sure. You've done your part. Right. Because you can't apologize for their part in it. 
you can only go up and make an amend for your part in it. Right. At least you shut that loop off in your yeah. brain. Because I don't know about you, but I, I have that problem where it's like I just spin on, like over the years, I have a hard time. I have a hard time giving up on things. Like I'll just do the same dumb shit over and over. Um, and it helps. It helps to go and, and talk to that. Even if that person is like, they're they're rude to you or they're like yeah you were a dick you know whatever you're like well at least i know yeah at least i know it was a dick and that's all like that's all nine's talking about is the making amend is when you're uh facing up to your part in it you can't do anything about the way they accept it or not or what their part right. in it was because they they're people they have their own yeah but then what you, all you're trying to do is start over you're trying to start anew you're trying to get the rocks out of the backpack yeah because the only way you're going to be able to move forward is not have to live in the past. Right. Wow. That's heavy, man. <laughs> Tell me more, Cartman. <laughs> and then the, except when to do so would injure them or others. Yeah. That's like every, it's like a movie plot. Like every single movie plot is based on that right there where they're like, they won't talk to me or I can't find my son or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine it took them a while to, they're like, Ooh, we should put that little clause in there. I've got a, you know, I've got an, an old copy of the manuscript these guys worked on. It's only basically two guys. Oh, wow. It's really amazing. And then they had a group of guys around them and uh, Bill Wilson and Bob Smith. And uh, how you know, one's a stockbroker and one was a doctor, and they couldn't stay sober. <laughs> and mm. so they tried. Anyway, it's like what were, we did. They were the guys that put this whole thing together with these steps and they got this from what, what the Oxford group was another pre 12 step group. They, I think they, I think they had the 12 steps. They were up in new England, but it wasn't a suggestion. It was like, you, it was almost, you had to be a Christian. You had to do it this way. Yeah. Same yeah. old thing that we've already rebelled against. Right. And so it, it worked in some cases, didn't work in a lot. And so, these guys had read a whole lot of Henry James and his experience, his religious experiences. And uh, somehow Bill Wilson was on a letter writing um, basis with Carl Jung. And so oh, wow. all these guys kind of put it all together and came up with, you know, and synthesized it down to, to these mm -hmm. things. And it seems like every, every recovery program since then has been one iteration of this or another. Yeah, I'm sure people are, and, I can fix this and make it better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah especially course. a bunch of drunks. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if there's anything I know, <laughs> I, is I know how to do it better. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right, number 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Right. And that's pretty, that's one of the first ones you get to that's pretty self-evident. It's like on a daily basis, you're laying in bed at night, Think about the situations you went through during the day and how you could have done better and where you might have been wrong. Yeah. And if you really got whacked off about something, you might have somebody that you need to go tell them, hey, I shouldn't yeah. have overreacted yeah. like that. I'm sorry. And then, and you're done with It's like you said, it's out into the universe now. Yeah. And I'm done with that part today. We can go on to tomorrow. This is like the practicing part yeah. where you're practicing being. This by person. the time you've gotten to 10, You've done heavy, a lot of work. Done a lot of heavy lifting. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, depends on how fucked up you were, I guess. <laughs> so how do you do that? How do you, how so, do you practice number 10? Just, just like that. Just, you know, I'm not a, a guy that still wakes up every morning and reads a daily reflection. Like a lot of people do or yeah. read a daily meditation or something. Um, I do like to meditate, but you know, that's something I picked up from my, Eastern mysticism from my wife, but, um, that's the way I do it is at night, just kind of review the day kind of chilling. And then, um, and then also during the day, mm -hmm. right. You get, you know, if you really screwed up yeah. and I can, it's, it's so much easier to take care of that right now. And uh, it really is. I, I think <laughs> instead of ruminating and dreading it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or just letting it go. You know, you're like me, mm -hmm. like do not, I'm not that upset with me now. And the whole, you need to address it. The whole basis is I want to be, is, you know, do the next right thing. Yeah. Be a good person. 
and do the next right thing unless you don't want to be a good person. And, you know, there's folks out there. Sure. I was one of those. Or uh, doing the next right thing just felt like somehow I wasn't going to get what I thought I deserved or wanted or yeah. was entitled to. You know, um, somebody might be asking, you know, you, you keep saying that being a better person and, uh, you know, how do you know, how do you know what is a better person? Like, like, how do you know what's good? I think we, I think we've got an internal compass. I think I, know, I do too. I think I know if no. something's right or wrong, good or bad. And if I've got a question about it, it usually means it's wrong. Right. Because right. If you're trying to, that's the way I'm wired yeah. is that I'm going to try to rationalize my self will in any kind of form it comes in. Yeah. And if I'm rationalizing, it's probably wrong because, you know, it's, I, you see some people and you just wonder, God, that's a good guy. How, you know, I just, what's, yeah. I, and it, yeah, you know, somebody, people have just got that, that compass a little bit stronger in them. Right. But, you know, Every emotion and everything we think is just a chemical reaction inside our brain. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there's a guy we we follow. I follow um, Jocko. I don't know if you've picked up on other, anything, but um, but he has that. He's like, you know, hey Jocko, how do how do I know what's the right thing to do? He's like, you know, do that. Yeah. It's like we know we know we're doing shit wrong. You know, we know when we're sneaking. We know when we're not. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> and then, stop doing it <laughs> that's the hard part and, and like 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 jocko or like my sponsor it's like there are occasions and just because of the society we live in to where the good or bad thing doesn't really fit yeah. it's like right uh, you know because there's just no way that our present form of capitalism is a right or wrong situation right there's yeah and clearly so, and so when you enter into those realms yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know you just we're all feeling our way through until yep. we actually can distill it down to why do i feel this way yeah and am i doing it for all the old bad reasons i used to do everything else mm. and then talking to somebody else about it yeah yeah man like that was the whole thing about COVID. i was still i was talking about this to a group the other night, I'm still astounded at people that I know are good people and their reaction to right. masking and, right. and, and COVID. It, it really was a conundrum. And it was, like, and it, it was in AA and NA and all the other A's too. And yeah. it was a surprise to me because, you know, since since it's me, I kind of put us up on a pedestal where I belong. You know, I'm yep, yep. <laughs> top of the totem pole. There you go. Yeah. If I'm gonna be a damn alcoholic, I'm gonna be the best recovering alcoholic in the <laughs> And so, um, yeah, it was like, where did this come from? It, yeah, I didn't get it. Uh, and you can distill it back to all that self-centered fear stuff yeah. about I'm not gonna get this, that, or the other. And man, it was. Uh, I'm just glad we're quote out of kind it. of yeah yeah um i don't think monkeypox is coming to <laughs> we we're talking about that before we started <laughs> coming for all of us i don't know they're shutting down new york and uh chicago and uh la or whatever they've got um monkeypox centers and shit going on i don't know i don't know man um yeah it was it was really funny to watch that like so the selfish like the the mass selfish approach that people still and you see it like literally playing out in in politics too like literally selfish uh pissing contests over turf yep you know it's like what the fuck Ada, it's they need a 12-step program in politics <laughs> everyone should have to go through this like for real well and like legitimately there's a lot of people that you know say gosh i wish and that's part of this thing about uh the anonymity of the thing that we can't go out and publicize it. They call it, uh, um, uh, principles over personalities. Mm. And so that's why you don't see any, I don't think you do. You know, that's why you don't see any ads for, for 12 step programs per se. You'll right. see ads for recovery. Well, for, centers yeah. You need help. Yeah. 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 If you need help, give me $30,000 yeah. and I'll yeah. read you the 12 steps. Right. They kind of open source the steps. Yeah. yeah. 
They're free. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's like good, we were talking about. It's that. a good approach. Like GPS. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the cure for polio. It was kind of nice that that was out there for a Hey, did you see we had our first case of polio in the United States in doesn't, 10 years the other day? Doesn't surprise me. Not a bit. We're, we're, <laughs> we're definitely getting dumber as we get more into the future. Um, all right. Number 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Right. That's basically just building. It's the longest sentence yet. It is. <laughs> and you notice we haven't talked about drugs or alcohol since number one. Yeah, really? Um, yeah. The sought through prayer and meditation is just a continuation of number 10 yeah. to stay in touch with the good side, whatever you want to call the that higher power and to do that self inventory every day. That's like, that's like the act of doing number 10, right? <laughs> Just please. It's like number 10 and then go do it. Somebody <laughs> give me the will to do it. Yeah. Oh man. So meditation, you, um, you said you, yeah, you do that every once in a while. What do you do? Uh, do it. I guess the, the old fashioned way. I say like back in the seventies, there was that book about transcendental meditation and I just kind of, sit there and quiet and concentrate on one sound really or on one thought and it kind of interesting just clears out yeah and uh you know a lot of believers say that you know prayer is me talking to god and meditation is god talking to me right because you just open up your mind to be able to right you know, rid it of all that crap that goes on in there when you when you're not trying to yeah relieve yourself yeah for sure. Yeah, there's, I don't even know how to, there's something about that moment where, like, I don't even know where I'm going with this, other than, like, um, I was talking to my, I was talking to my oldest son, they were, this was a couple of years ago, they were in a car accident or whatever, and he was, we were talking about this, and he was just talking about that moment where they could see the car, and it was, like, about to hit them. And he was talking about that moment in between when the, he recognized the car was going to hit them and then it hit them. Mm -hmm. And like, he was actually saying like, it was kind of a neat moment. Like, cause nothing mattered. Right. Like everything, he's like, things were so clear. I was going to say, it's that moment of clarity. Nothing mattered. He knew certain things. Like he knew that he loved his mom and his brother. Like he just knew these things in his soul that were like, this is how the universe is. That, like you don't want to like not almost be in an accident right. every day, but like if getting you, to that point if you where could conjure up that point, yeah, on a regular basis or had the tools to be able to do it, right? Why wouldn't you? Right. And that's an extreme, like that's an extreme right. moment of clarity, you know. Right. But I know a lot of people. Some I don't know a lot of people, but some people like to you know jump off of high objects or you know drive really fast. I mean, there's also a problem. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you could so, die, especially if I'm on the road. <laughs> I mean, that's the other side of addiction, I guess. Do something else, but but, I, but it's the if no thoughts going to be able to get in if you don't clear your mind first, right? And so because right. I know the chatter that's going on between my ears, and I'm yeah. glad nobody right. else can hear it. And until I can actually, you know, at least decrease the chatter, yeah, or get down to and there's nothing else is going to be getting in the first place. It's yeah. like I said, the, I, you have all these uh huh, these duh moments in your life that are just simple things that oh, why didn't I realize that before? Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to kind of realize that the, all those thoughts, right. Those thoughts aren't who you are. Right. There's just thoughts. It's just, just passing by like all that chatter. It's just random shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like I used to try to tell my kids, like you, you can't be happy unless you know what sad is, Bo. That's yeah, I like it. <laughs> You know, and it's that way for any, any other kind of a positive emotion. Right. It's, you know, you, you don't know you got plenty unless you never had anything. Yeah, that's right. Mm. If you're born on third base, you're born on third base. That's right. Yeah. You don't, yeah. <laughs> Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics. And to practice these principles in all our affairs. This was obviously written in the 30s, yeah. 20s, because it's like alcohol is the only problem right. that right. they're dealing with. But. And um, they they actually even it's like the there's the 
big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and then there's like the stuff that came later. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. <laughs> right. yeah. And the, and they they address it later on. It's like one of the founders had a real problem with depression. He didn't get it addressed until the 50s. Mm. And so, but he recognized the fact that um, right. he had it and there were ways to medicate it. And then they are, and then not soon after this, because all it took was World War II to get people totally screwed oh, up. Yeah. The whole male population of the United States. Yeah. And so, you know, they addressed the whole thing with addiction and <laughs> goofballs is what they call one of the things. People are stuck on goofballs. Goofballs. <laughs> it just shows you when it was written. But step 12 is the guarantee. And uh, people, this is what people like to point to about. AA being some kind of brainwashing thing is because if you work the first 11 steps, they guarantee you that you'll have a spiritual awakening as a result. And the spiritual awakening isn't like a burning bush type of right. thing, which is what people like to think. Well, of. that'd be nice and easy. Yeah. No kidding. It'd be great. Like, oh, you know, you'd have, you'd have <laughs> burning bush stores, dude. Yeah. But no, the spiritual awakening is just the, the fact that, Oh, I've realized what it takes to be a good person. And I've realized what it takes not to drink or use or all the other things that help to make me a bad person. Right. And then I live my life on from there. You And then, yeah, I mean, clearly you want to tell other people about that. Yeah. I mean, I can help you. I know. And it, like I said, it's for the people that want it, not the people who need it. Right. Because Obviously. You, you have to be sincere. And I mean, a hundred percent honest with yourself to go through these steps yep. I and mean, you're not going to, I mean, I, I can see why, you know, the first three are for the first year, I guess is what you're saying. I mean, mm -hmm. Cause like you can bullshit your way through this and be like, give me the ticket so I can yep. not go to jail or whatever. Let me, let me get my sheet signed. Yeah. And then, then I'm good. I'm going to go right back to what I was doing before. Cause I, I still remember I was doing step four for a year and I used to just send lyrics to pink floyd songs to my sponsor i just email those to him when he said how's it going and i'd send him like you know three pages of of uh, dark side of the moon lyrics <laughs> he's <laughs> like what the page you know get back to work on your fourth Dude, step, you idiot what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so uh why are all these in the past tense because that's there it's it's us telling you what will happen if you do these steps. We admitted, yeah. this is what we did. There's, this is what we did. And you can't to, claim it until you've done the work. Right. Yeah. Right. This is, this is what we did. And this is what we still do in order to stay sober or straight or not right. gamble, not right. be a degenerate gambler. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> degenerate gambler. And <laughs> some professional gamblers out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's all good as long as you claim it on your taxes. That's what I've heard. <laughs> they sure make it easy now. <laughs> um, wow. So where did you uh, where did you go? Like where was it that you went to get these things? Um, to uh, Charter Rivers. Charter Rivers. Uh, across the river over there. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> and then uh, I escaped on Thanksgiving. Um, and then went into an intensive outpatient program and then, you know, they got these things presented to me and literally I knew it was the last, <laughs> this was the last hope. Yeah. I did not want to go to prison. Right. And so, um, and that's how it mm. kept getting presented to me. And so, you know, you fake it till you make it. Yeah. Bumper sticker. Just yeah. Keep working. Just, keep on going because I've got to go. Yeah. And if I've got to go and I run into some people that seem like me and it seems to be working for them, I'll give it a shot because nothing else has worked so far. Mm. Yes. I can't quit. Yeah. I feel you. Well, uh, what, what words would you have for somebody who might've listened to this, watched this or whatever? Uh, various points in this what, what what words would you give them um try um if if you think you got a problem go to a meeting all you got to do is go to 
um, Google on Columbia, South Carolina. Like I said, there's 400 meetings around the Midlands. There's something there. Now, there's good meetings and there's bad meetings. Sure. But I'm, I don't get to be the judge of that because what I, what I think is a good meeting might not be what you like. Right. But like I said, our home group at Shandon Methodist has a newcomer's meeting. Like, only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. And I'm sure NA is the same way for the desire to stop using. Right. And you can go to the websites and they will steer you to all those different meetings and give you phone numbers and everything else. I've got an email at scriptrx at gmail, S-C-R-I-P-T-R-X, which is South Carolina Recovery and Intervention Physicians Treatment. I think it's the wow. <laughs> I know <laughs> script RX <laughs> and script RX at Gmail. And I'll yeah. be glad to steer you in the in some direction. Yeah, um, but it's not hard. You just no Google it. You know somewhere. it's not hard because yeah. if you think you got a problem, you've probably already done it anyway and just yeah. didn't follow through on it. Mm. But like I keep saying, I am much too cool to think that a bunch of old white men in 1938 wrote a book that pertains to me in any way. I, I, I mean, <laughs> anything that came before Jack Kerouac cannot yeah. be cool. Right. And so, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to give it a chance. Mm. And then the court made me give it a chance. Then it worked. And yeah, that's something. Lo and behold. Lo and behold. <laughs> you, you don't have to get, I mean, you might get sober, but you can stay crazy if you want to. Yeah. Well, you're living proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying all the filters that you need get stay in place. <laughs> well, who needs that stuff? Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for, um, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I have to admit, I always wanted yeah. to hear it. I wanted to talk to you about it. You always drop little nuggets of wisdom <laughs> and things. And um, it's, imp you know, you're not going to like it, but I think it's impressive. I think it's impressive to, I mean, you'll probably say like, well, they made me do it, but like, it's impressive to fight out of that corner. Thanks. It takes a lot of work, man. I mean, I, I see people do stuff all the time, just, you know, uh, becoming fit or like losing weight or whatever. And, and I, that's so hard to do, you know, I can imagine this one's even, even harder. You know? It's, it gives you a new perspective on when you hear somebody say, well, people can't change. Yeah. Well, they really can. Yeah. You just got to be in enough pain. Yeah. And you have to accept them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. P, yeah, man. thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, and I'll put some links up for people to find this stuff. Um, like the man said, it's not hard. Just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably already have. <laughs> His words, not mine. Um, and, and like Jocko says, you know what to do. Yeah. Do it. Good one. Yeah. Just tattoo that on my back. <laughs> <laughs> All right.